You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Facebook Live Relationship Theory. I am one of your hosts, Tom Bilyeu, and... I am Lisa. Do you have a last name? Hmm, what could it be? (laughs) That would be a little weird to change your last name. That is, as a guy, not something that I've ever had to even contemplate. It was super weird when we first got married. And is it really true that when you saw my first film, you thought, hmm, that's an interesting last name? Oh, hell yeah. But like as in, uh, I want to make it mine? Not really. So Tom was my teacher. So you're for those shattering you. my dreams right now. I should have known better than to ask this question because in my mind I was always like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, so we should give context. So you were my teacher. Yep. You showed your film. School for adults. School for adults. Um, you showed um, your movie that you made in, in college. And yep. at the end it said, you know, directed, produced and written by Tom Bilyeu. Now, are you going to lie? It said Thomas Billiou. Oh, I was trying Thomas to be very Billiou. official back then. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> like, what do you mean, like? Um, yeah, Thomas Billiou. So um, I remember thinking, like, yeah, like, that's an interesting last name. And if, it wasn't like, I'm going to have that my, as right. my name and write it on, you know, like the, you the doing school that? folders. I was not doing that. Um, but it definitely was like, hmm, his, you know hot guy with like I mean look you know that I was very attracted to the fact that you were so talented so having seen a movie that like that you had shot that was so um yeah creative was very uh was a turn on can I say that on tv sure um and then seeing your last name was awesome so all right boom there it is there it is random start random start all right so should we just get down to the first question all right let's dive right in. oh wait do we have a giveaway or something Cindy the voice of the community? Are you saying we have no giveaway? No, we must. Can we do an impromptu? We can do an impromptu. All right, let's do an impromptu giveaway right here, right now. As you guys know, our ask right now is to share the content if it's adding value to your life. So if this is adding value to your life, share it and enter yourself a chance to win a, we'll do two. We'll do a 15-minute call because I'm getting hit up more for those now. So we'll do a 15-minute call with me and then we will also do a free t-shirt. So get on that Impact Theory t-shirt tip by sharing this content. And yeah, there it is. Boom. All right. right now let's dive in. First right. question. What do we got? First question. We're going to go to um, one from last week. We'll start yep, off there. And then it. as Always people... Always to start. Yeah. Start submitting your questions, guys, so we can uh, get down to this week live. All right. So anyway, last week. (laughs) Um, This is from Carl Apsey. Tom and Lisa, it's spectacular you are doing this episode and quite timely for my current situation. Me and my girlfriend of two and a half years are moving in together temporarily to cut costs and spend more time. Okay. I know, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting that he said temporarily. Right. Would love to hear about how um, how that happened for you two and any advice you would give for a couple making that move. Yeah, so um, I'll just address the elephant in the room and uh, say that I find it very um, worthy of discussion that you're saying you're moving in temporarily and that you're doing it to save money. Oh, and to spend more time. Um, that is, 
I will just say that's very unromantic. So, God, you got to be careful with stuff like that. So it, if you're not ready to move in, don't move in. And, and I think that that's a very reasonable response to say, like, that's not where I'm at and that's not what I want to do. But if you're going to do it, like, make the most of the situation and really embrace it and do it wholeheartedly. Um, so, for instance, when I decided that I was going to uh, propose, that was the hard thing. Once I decided I was going to propose, like, I was already committed. So getting married was easy. So I put a lot of time and energy into thinking about whether or not I should propose, wow, I should propose. But then once I had decided to propose, like that was very easy. Everything else really was about expressing, um, you know, being romantic and really making you feel to the core of your being how much I love you. So I'll give you an example. We've talked about this before, but uh, bears repeating. When we set up this company, our lawyers expressly advised us not to do it 50-50. And the reason they said that, hey, do 51-49, that way, God forbid, hey, if things ever were to go awry, that it would be very clear who controls the company. And I said, no, I want you to create the ultimate divorce nightmare. Now, the reason that I said that isn't because I think that it's somehow good for business. It's that it's very good for the relationship. And that one percentage point, which you would have very easily said, oh, okay, fine, that's no big deal. It would have rolled off your back and not a worry. But for me, it really was way more important to show you that I'm totally committed and invested in this relationship and I see it being totally equal than to try and like hedge my bets or protect myself or whatever. Now, that's obviously from the position of having been married for almost 15 years, but mm. it's it was little things like that all along the way that has further solidified our relationship. So I don't think you have any obligation to move in together, but if you're going to, do it all the way. But here's a question. That's coming from all those decisions were made based on the fact that you've never got stung before, right? So it's not, <laughs> um, it's not like, so let's say, for instance, this guy, he was in a relationship yep. and he was he bought, got an apartment, I was going to say flat mm. apartment together, and she just took everything. And yeah. so now he's in another relationship. He's like, oh, God, I don't want that same problem. So, yeah. um, oh, it makes financial sense. But like, so how do you, if you've been stung before, how do you still come to that conclusion? Or do you still come to that conclusion? Yeah. So everything for me boils down to psychology. So... Like I said, there's no obligation for you guys to move in together. I don't think that that is, um, I don't feel one way or the other about that. Like if you want to move in, move in. If you don't, don't. I'm just saying whatever you choose, choose it. Don't halfway choose it because it sets you up so strangely in the relationship to mm -hmm. say, hey, there are three reasons that we're moving in together. Two of them have nothing to do with love, romance, and commitment. Um, that to me is is a mistake. And that is, you're going to feel those reverberations in the relationship. You cannot simultaneously hold someone at arm's length and completely welcome them into your world. So, um, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's very fascinating and I am not saying this is easy. I'm just saying it's psychology and therefore it's understandable. So, um, if you're going to really be in a relationship with somebody, I think you have to really be in a relationship. I think two years is plenty of time. If you're unsure, then chances are it's not the right person. And if you're just being um, hesitant because like you're not sure that you know how to navigate the waters of a relationship, then I would hope that they're putting all of their time and energy into figuring that out. Like mm. a lot of times. So here's a fundamental belief that I have. I can um, get myself out of any sticky situation, period. 
Like there is no situation that I cannot get to the other side of. And because I believe that, I don't walk into something like totally confused and afraid. I fucking go in. So it's like, I know I can extract myself on the other side if I need to. So I don't know to like, for instance, I got a tattoo um, of your name and it's this whole Greek thing. And anybody who knows me knows it was a ritualistic scarification to be, I think so. Yeah. Which I know is like a real thing for you. And, and I actually, who wants to see it up close? Feel free to ask. I'll tell you for sure. And as you should. And here's why I don't go out of my way. I'm not weird about it. I would happily do it, but here's why I will never do it just of my own. Like that shit was for me. Okay, so it wasn't for me to like make some public proclamation. It was to go through a painful and permanent reminder that I'm a different human being from one day to the next. That's it. This wasn't meant to be showy. It's not meant to be a billboard for other people to see. And that's one of the reasons I love that it's in Greek. Not only is that a nod to you, but I didn't need other people to know what it meant. It was very, very Mm -hmm. intensely for me. Now, I brought that up because when I got the tattoo, I had to acknowledge that something could happen to you. So you know me, I don't even think about divorce. I don't even let that in my head, and I think that's one of the reasons that it will never happen. But you could die, and there's nothing that I can do about that. And then I would be starting over. Now, I knew that I would be able to come to terms with that, and I would find a way to move forward, and that if I were then to get in a subsequent relationship, that I would be able to make that person incredibly comfortable with that. And that they would understand why that was important to me, that that was actually something that was empowering and beautiful, and that if they couldn't embrace it, then they literally couldn't embrace me. So it was like, I knew I'll be able to navigate those waters. So having that confidence in yourself that you'll be able to figure something out, that you'll learn whatever you need to learn, that you'll get whatever skill you need to get, allows you to really commit to things. And I think it's bullshit when people say, like, oh, you know, I've been stung, I've got this baggage now, I'm older, it's harder. You've allowed yourself to harden. And you and I have talked a lot about this. Business has made every attempt to harden you and I. And in some ways, there's no question it has. But do we not work to make sure that we don't become just like the fucking cynical, hard-ass people? Mm -hmm. Like, we really do. I'm just saying people need to put that effort in. Like, it's not going to happen magically. It's not going to happen by accident. But like, to not like theory of mind, you have to be able to project yourself into the other person's shoes. And if like in the beginning, we really had a scuffle because I wanted you to move in and you didn't, That's right. which is where we need to get to ultimately in the story so that people can hear that because like you have to be able to talk through that, get to the other side of it. And I remember very, very clearly how that made me feel rejected. And so it's like, I'm just Whichever one of them, and it's not necessarily him, maybe it's her saying that it's temporary and that it's for cost savings. Maybe he's just trying to come to terms with that, which is very possible. But somebody in that equation, or maybe both of them, but that does not say we're in this together, we're in it for the long haul, we're totally connected. And there's this whole like thing now where fewer and fewer people are getting married. People are having kids and not getting married, which to me, like, that's dizzying and bizarre. Um, because I think people aren't acknowledging the truth of that ritual, that hardcore commitment, doing something, like really making a proclamation that we're committed to each other. Like that matters. And I mean, this is one of the driving forces behind impact theory is ritual matters. Ideology matters. Your belief system matters. And the things you do externally to reinforce that and the things you do internally to reinforce that fucking matter. And when you don't do them, 
then the like the re you're not reinforcing the belief in your mind. Like the tattoo reminds me of what this is about. It reminds me what commitment is. It reminds me of what permanence is. It reminds me that I'm different. And it reminds me that I have to act in accordance with that. And if people aren't willing to give themselves totally to that, then don't be surprised when your relationship struggles. I, like, I don't think people need to be in a relationship. So you're saying the reason them getting together for anything other than the, the mythology of what it means to come together as a unit is a mistake. No, I'm just saying that there's no reason you need to be in a relationship. But if you're going to be in one, then set it up for success. And I don't think people really think about from a psychological perspective, how do you set yourself up for success? Because it's, there are things, there are rituals. I mean, look at society. We have rituals, we have symbols. And the symbols and the rituals are weakening over time. Mm. They're in some cases being totally discarded. And then we pick our heads up and go, wow, it's so weird that the divorce rate is 50%. It's not weird. It's psychology is the baseline physics of any human relationship. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Well, are you right. not going to help people out and let them understand why didn't you want to move in with such a oh. lovely available <laughs> bachelor? I don't understand. Um, I just, I was very, what's weird is I was going to say I'm very cautious, yes, but were. I'm actually, you were saying um, on uh, one of your lives that um, you're not a risk taker, but I am. So it's interesting that like about rules and risk taking things yeah, like that. You're a rule breaker. I am I'm a, total, a rule follower. Yeah. You get offended by rules and wonder why I'm following them and lose a little <laughs> bit of respect every time I stand in a line or something like that. And she's laughing because she knows it's true. No, but here's the thing. I mean, look, standing in a line to me, there's just other ways to to deal with such as cutting in line. No, no, I don't <laughs> cut. I don't cut. But like things like, for instance, at Starbucks once, we had a, there was a massive line. It was like this big event um, at a convention center and I was already running late. Um, and it was like a, I mean, literally there was like 50 people in line just for a Starbucks. So I went straight to the front. There was this, you know, it was a bunch of teenagers because it was like a YouTube event. So there was these bunch of t teenagers. And I was like, look, I'm never going to be cheeky and ask for something that um, doesn't behoove other someone else. So I went up to this, you know, 14-year-old girl in line at Starbucks. It was right at the front. It was, she was like next in line. And I was like, hey, um, do you mind if I, you know, join you in your order and I'll pay for your coffee? And she was like, Okay, like she couldn't believe her luck. Right. So I was like, well, that was a win-win situation. Um, I don't even, oh, rule breaking. So things like that where it's like, there are ways around it, but also there is something to being risky. It gives you a bit of an adrenaline rush. Like I like that feeling. So why then again, wouldn't you move in? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of... What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Cindy's <laughs> off camera is a totally different volume. It's, it's true. I mean, well, no, here's the thing. I had been in a long relationship and I'd been with a guy for four years yeah. um, and he was a nightmare. And so it was one of those, like, I'm Did never going to be the guy that smashed your car window the night before our wedding. <laughs> it was the guy that smashed yes, um, my car window the night before our wedding. But that just made us our wedding story yeah. even more fun. I don't think he's bitter, though. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, but I just had really bad um, experience. So it was like, you know, one minute a guy was nice and the next minute a guy wasn't. And because me and you had done the long distance thing for so long, um, I'd never lived with you. So um, that was scary. And to be honest, let's face it, the pressure of my dad, um, a very, tip, you know, strong Greek father who was... Um, 
yeah, just like, be careful, be careful, like, stay on your own. And then look, if it works out, then it works out great. But like, do those incremental steps, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think it um, hurt our relationship at all. No, but at the time, I didn't like it. Yeah. And so my point in bringing it up was that, especially to, honestly, if two years in, you weren't into it, like, that would have been it for me. I would have known that you weren't in it. Ah, oh. all right. Thank very, you. Very, very good question. So, um, because back then it was very different. Um, back then, we're back not then, seventy-five. <laughs> but let's face it. Well, hang on a minute. All we had was email. Yeah. There was no texting. You couldn't do because right. America, America didn't, didn't have, have texts text at message, the time, yeah. so we couldn't text. God, that makes There me was so no old. Skype calls. Yeah. So we had been dating for um, three months. Because I had gone to England and then I came back and that's when right. you said come and stay with me. And, and just Three for the months. record. Okay, hold on because that would three. be insane. Three. But it was for a very short period of time. It yeah, wasn't it was like you were moving period. in forever. Sure. You needed a place to stay. You sure. had a job. Sure. And you were coming back without right. a place to stay. And right. I said, stay with me. Yeah. So we were dating. We had been together for three months. At least one, if not two months, was long distance. That was through email. So here's an American guy telling me to, hey, come stay with you. And I felt like I knew you. but For a short period of time. (laughs) Sure, but I'm in an entirely different country. I don't know anyone. So my dad was literally like, are you crazy? Like my dad, bless his heart. It does sound a bit crazy even to me right Right, now. Right, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you basically had said to me, you know, come stay with me. We'd only been dating for like solid a month and a half. Yeah, I basically violated. Go ahead, sorry. No, so my dad was like, I'll give you the money, rent an apartment, and then you guys can hang out. But if something goes wrong, where are you going to retreat to? I had no family here. I had no right. friends here. You were the only... In fact, the more I say it, the more thank God. Like, yeah, no, that me too, been crazy. in fairness. So, but when we actually officially moved in together, because then you moved to London. about 18 months. You stayed for six months in London with me and my mom, and we were living together at my mom's house. Yeah. So, yeah. We'd been together by then almost a year and a half. Yeah. So the sort of official move in was a year and a half. Right. Year and a half. All right, so let's get to some questions. Oh, I see our lovely people online, Danbro Fitness, Dan Joshua, Bro. Martel, Ibrahim. Nice. Um, guys, thank you for joining us again, as always. Um, really appreciate that. All right, so let's get to some questions. Um, hmm. right, so there's some simple, easy answers, I think. So Joshua wants to know, what's the age difference between you? 17 years. <laughs> Which is amazing, right? <laughs> now it's uh, what three and a half. You've got that oil painting in the attic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or you're aging very poorly. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, yeah, it's three and a half years. About three and a half yeah. years between us. Yeah. Um, Danbro wants to know how did you work out the visas? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, so to be honest, it was we looked at both countries and saw which country um, had um, looser restrictions. London was. Well, that's for the, that was for the fiance visa. So backing up, it started going back and forth. So I went there first for like a 10 day vacation, come back from the 10 day vacation, realize I'm in love, which now puts us in like this horrible situation of how do we make this work? And then I am not a believer in fate, but our own story, which I won't go into now, but our own story really tempts me. The absurd number of things that line up to make this work 
Um, immediately after I come back, a friend's like, hey, I need PAs for a movie and it pays. And so you were able to then convince your dad to help support you to come out because you'd have a paying job. So then you came out for three months and then the um, place I was working at sent me there. And then we looked at to London and paid me in, in the U.S. for a gig in London, which was the only way I was able to make it work. And then... Um, we looked at the fiance visas and in the US fiance visa, at least back then was only three months, but in the UK it was six months. And then that would give us time to finish planning the wedding. So we did that. Wow. That was very logistical. That's that's a very, yes, A, which is not my strong suit, but Mm. also brief, (laughs) which also not necessarily my strong suit. Um, But ultimately, look, at the end of the day, it was, we were going to make it happen. Like we never, I think maybe when you first came to London, um, that very, very first trip, I remember being on the subway and you were like, we'll just move to L.A. Because there, there was a connection between us that none, neither of us had ever felt. So we were talking serious after like the first month, I think both of us were. So when you came to London to visit me, I remember us on the subway and you're like, come and live in England, uh, in the United States. And I was just like, are you joking? My dad will never let me. And I remember you literally turned around to me and you were like, you're an adult. You make your own decisions. Why isn't it possible? And like... That was that was the, our attitude throughout. So mm. no matter you know, it didn't matter what visa. Like we we were just determined to get around it. Um, so yeah, we just figured it out. It's funny though. Your dad played a big role in our relationship in the very beginning. I forget that now, yeah. but we were young. Yeah. We really did break most of my relationship rules. Yeah. So it's pretty And funny. we've learned a lot since then. So I think looking back now, it's like oh my god, that was crazy, but. Yeah, but we made it work. We made it work. Um, Okay, let's get to some more questions. Um. (laughs) This is great for airtime. Sorry, crickets, crickets. So we need we need um, like some fillers here. Wow. Depends on. So is it a waste of time to pursue somebody who's not on your level? Um, That really depends on what we mean by your level. The one thing, if I were getting into a new relationship now, the one thing I would do, I wouldn't even demand that they have a growth mindset, but I would very much, um, I would only move forward with somebody who responded positively when I pointed out the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. If they were like, oh my God, I've never thought of that. That's totally changing my life. That's amazing. Um, then that could be very interesting. So for me, there's a few things. If they're not excitable, like if they don't get excited about things, mm-hmm. like that's just like a non-starter for me. And if they're not open to the idea of a growth mindset, and the way to know that is not what they say just when you first bring it up, but the first time they're being in a fixed mindset and in the most loving, non-douchey way possible, you bring it up and they then embrace it and go, you know what, you're right, and I'm grateful for that. Maybe not right that second. They'll probably have a defensive reaction at first, but like if an hour later when they've calmed down, they're actually grateful for that, which is something you and I do. We're not always perfect in the moment, but usually within 30 minutes, we're like, you know what, I'm actually really glad you said that, or I can totally see your point now. And so when we were young and at the beginning of our relationship, we would lose entire days to being pissed off. Um, but now like, Jesus, can you remember the last time that it was more than like 30 minutes? No. So, I mean, that's conscious effort. It's something we work on, talk about, reward each other when somebody does that. And like, 
is able to calm their emotions and like really see where you're at. Like we don't just let that go unacknowledged. So we're both like really make the effort to reward the other person for doing that and um, calming it's down. It's funny because I've heard other people like they don't like the use of that. Um, but Carrot and stick? Yeah. But like I think that carrot and stick literally for any situation, whether you're in a relationship, whether it's business, friendship, it's like there needs to be something that um, you get like when you do something that like if I do something that makes you happy, like if I didn't get that pleasure back in right. some way, it'd be like, well, hang on a minute, I'm going out of my way to do all of this and I'm not getting anything in return. It's like, of course, you always want to get something in return, even if it's pure satisfaction. So my satisfaction is knowing that I make you happy. So if you were just like beating me over the head the entire time, like every time I did something that made you happy, but you never vocalized it, now I'm not getting the satisfaction that I need, which then in turn encourages me to do it more. Right. So um, yeah, I think that that's so important important um and we're very candid and open with each other about that about being you know very honest when you like something and you know who doesn't want to pat on the back who doesn't want to feel good about themselves everybody does so yeah i think it's a huge deal and i've never i've always been taken by surprise when people are like oh that's so weird it's human nature right mm -hmm. so you want um if you do something nice for somebody or good or even forget for somebody else, like just if you do something and the other person's impressed, you want to hear that they're impressed. And if you want more of something to vocalize it and say, hey, I really like that. I'd love it if you did that more. Um, you're more likely then to get that behavior because A, the other person is aware of it. B, it feels good to be like, oh, wow. Like maybe they didn't even realize that was like a mm -hmm. good on you kind of thing where it's like, oh man, that's so cool. Like I was just being me or whatever, or that just seemed to make sense. But wow, that really felt nice. That's fantastic. And then like, then you really want to do it. Right. And you create, like you shape your partner over time. Mm -hmm. And if you are silent a lot of that shaping is going to happen by accident. But humans just pick up on the most subtle of cues. And there's nothing worse than feeling like you have to read somebody's mind. In fact, those are always the times where you and I are like, please, like, don't make me be a mind reader. Like, that's always the one sort of remaining, like, we know of each other that will make the effort. Right. But the other person has to say, like, what exactly they're going through, like, right. what the idea is, so that you can get to that point yeah and it makes me think of let's talk about sex and romance for example let's do it um women a lot of women um and i used to be like this too so i can actually you know before we met had this mentality um expect romance right like if he wants to be with me, or, or not even if he wants to be with me, but like a man should be romantic. I know they he used to do nice right, things for well, you. What has he done for you lately? What has he done for you lately? But the thing is, is like people, women expect romance, right? It's like if a guy wasn't romantic, there'd be, uh, if, a, if a guy didn't buy you flowers on your birthday, for instance, the woman would be upset and feel like they have every right to bitch and moan about it. Right. Um, but now flip that and what if it was the same with sex for a guy, right? The second, You're really trying to rattle people up today. But I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I just want to get to the core. Like that's the truth, right? right? Is that if a guy was always very demanding or expected sex, women would 
judge you. They would think less of men um, because, oh my God, all he wants is sex, right. right? But if a woman wants romance, they're not judged in that same way. So me and you have a very um, clear understanding about how much romance I need, how much romance I want from you, um, and then you the same with sex. And we have that like beautiful... Um, I don't know, like half meeting halfway where it's never expected, but it's always um, articulated and laid out. And it's like, look, this is meaningful to me. And um, yeah, I just think that I actually feel bad for guys that they can't openly discuss like how much they want sex with their partner or because they're made to feel bad, but a woman right. can with flowers. Yeah, I mean, the best uh, line on that that I ever heard was women need to feel loved mm -hmm. in order to have sex and men need to have sex in order to feel loved. Correct. And I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very um, true. All right. There it is. I don't know that we'll make that into a t-shirt, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. People may buy it. <laughs> okay, so we have... Um, from Laura Dufresne. What's up, Laura? What's up, Laura? Um, Isaac and I... Oh, was that her name, Laura Dufresne, Isaac? No. Oh, so... Thank you, since. Okay. Sorry, Laura. Um, Isaac and I broke a lot of my relationship rules too. So happy it worked out and that we're both on a growth mindset, entrepreneurial journey together. Our one-year wedding anniversary is in June. What is the best nice. piece of advice for newlyweds? Well, first of all, congratulations on your one year. That's no amazing. Kidding. Well played. Um, that is awesome. Um, what is the one best piece of advice for newlyweds? Do you have yours? I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, be open and honest about what you really want and um, and make sure that he can as well without judgment from you, right? So that's another thing going back to the sex thing is that, like, it, if you wanted it two, three times a day, there's no judgment on that. You may not get it two, three times a day, but you need to be open to be able to say that and then figure out, okay, well... Um, how do we work around it? What are things that are important to you? Things that are important to me. Maybe romance isn't the most important thing to me, but what is? And then kind of laying those ground rules from now, um, A, I think is very important because I think as a newlywed, you you try to um, put on the airs and graces of a newlywed. You never say that. You've never said those words except on camera. It's so funny. What, airs, airs and, and graces. graces, yeah. Really? Yeah, ever, ever, ever. The last time you said it, you said like eight times in the Did episode. Did I really? And I was like, I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. So but now, like, what, I got to call I you out. What phrase instead? What phrase? Uh, I don't know. Oh, anyway. Um, it's not a problem, by the way. It's just so funny. I've yeah. never heard you say that, like, ever. And now, like, nine times, but exclusively on camera. Well, all right, yeah. Well, airs and graces. Don't put on airs and graces. Yeah. And, like, just be authentically you, God. I you know they always sound cheesy, but, like, the real, like, core of what you're looking for in that relationship, what has worked in that first year, what hasn't worked in that first year, um, what you thought you really wanted and then realized, oh, my God, like, when I got married, I thought this, but, like, a year down the line, I've actually changed my mind. Like, having those honest discussions of where you've changed since you first mm -hmm. met or where you've changed since you first got married. Because if we didn't discuss that, like, we may be sitting, well, we wouldn't be sitting here. I'd probably have four kids on my arm, you know, like, but just, like, that honest truth of, of every um, year that you go by, like, having those discussions.
In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mine's a little more practical. Um, And I'm going to say have separate spending money. That is, I honestly believe like Communication, number one, 100%. And there's entire universes of books that could be written around that. So I won't derail us on that right now. But right below that, from just a pure tactical standpoint, have your own spending money. Like there is something to when you get in a relationship and it is beautiful. And to be somebody's number one is one of the most meaningful things any human being can have. It is so nice which is why I don't understand people that stay in relationships where clearly that person actually has a lot of bitterness towards you. But setting that aside for a second, not completely losing yourself in the relationship is like one of the most important tactical things that you have to do. So the having selfish time is important. And then the money thing is really where it expresses itself most sort of manifestly, which is when you have something that like, is yours and you can do whatever you could literally light it on fire if you wanted to then i find that just having that one area where i didn't have to convince you i was right and you didn't have to convince Mm. me that i was right i didn't have to see you spend your money on something that was like oh god that could have been a a book or a video game or whatever and vice versa that was one of those i don't remember where i read that 
what made us take it so seriously. But in that first year, especially, that was like a godsend. Now, the irony is we don't do that anymore. But for the first, I don't know, a few years? But what we do do now is I still vocalize what's really important um, to me that you wouldn't necessarily do. So let's take our anniversary, for instance. Were you going away from money, though? No, 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 literally money. Okay. So take um, our anniversary, for instance, right? You're very practical and it's like, we don't need to do this, we don't need to do that. But I'm like, look... I know we don't need to, but I don't ask necessarily for much. So even though you don't necessarily want to spend this money, um, it's actually a really important time for me, for me to feel a certain way. So like, hey, I really want God, I really want to go on this type of vacation for our anniversary. It's not really about money, though. That's but it is that's about saying what's important to you. No, but it's it's also I think it's about money because you're saying like it's not worth it. Like, why on earth would I pay X, Y, and Z? Okay, perfect example. So our anniversary last year, um, I wanted our very night of our anniversary to do something really special. Um, And so there was this beautiful dinner on a beach um, that they had available at the hotel we were staying at. And you were like, that's ridiculous. I'm never spending that much money on dinner at a beach. Like I can, we can go grab some food and then walk to the beach with a blanket and just sit on the blanket and, you know, eat our food. Like why on earth would we pay this much? And... In that moment, I was like, I really want to. Like, it will make me feel like it's a special moment in time, like a freeze frame of us having this beautifully catered dinner together. And I don't ask much. I don't often say, like, I want to spend this much money. So, no, this is actually important to me. So even if you disagree that it's worth the money, it actually is to me. And so I said that to you. And you were like, okay, well, look, if it's that important, then sure, let's let's spend the money. And we did, and we had an amazing time. And that memory now is stuck with me. But I won't do that all the time. But I'm very conscious about, like, even though it's not worth, like, it's a waste of money, um, it's still important to give me that feeling that I was looking for. It's interesting. To me, that story is not about money at all, which is why we don't Mm. have our own spending money anymore. Because my point with... The reason that I think money gets in people's way is they can't agree on how to spend it. It becomes a fight and they don't think to put sort of a logistical thing in place of, okay, I have my money, you have your money, we've agreed, this much goes to bills, this much goes to saving, and then this is left over and you can do whatever you want with it. With that, it was, I think that's about you needing to know that creating that memory is more meaningful to me than saving that money. Right. Which is because it's coming out of the same place. It's not that we can't afford it. It was purely a value system thing. So for me, it wasn't like it's important for people to understand like that wasn't a stressful financial spend for us. It was purely me saying that activity is not worth this price tag. And you saying I need to know that that memory is worth enough to you that you will part with the cash essentially. So for me, like that really comes down to your earlier point, which does, I think, really trump money, which is saying what you want, even if you, um, without judgment, you know, without, I'm not then going to push back. If you, if you say, hey, this is really important to me, this memory, it seems like it'd be very meaningful. I'm not going to push back and say, no, it's not worth it because I really hear you're saying it's important, which we have shorthand. So that really means something to us. We've defined that term. We know how the other person is supposed to act. We use it. You never abuse it. So, you know, it really is, is, is something I think much more important than money, which is that be honest about what you need, 
what you want, what's meaningful to you. And then as the receiving partner to be really open to that and not be judgmental and not like, you have to be so careful not to get into a values conflict. And so for me, and something that you and I have talked a lot about, not necessarily in the relationship, because it's actually pretty rare that that conflict happens, but like with family, where we said we'll never let money like be a problem with family. And actually holding true to that. So like when you come and say, hey, I really want to do this. And for me, it's just a question of money. It's like, okay, my wife is saying something is important. She's never abusive. You're definitely not, um, you don't spend a lot of money. You don't ask for a lot of things. So, I mean, it's like that becomes very easy. So it's like, okay, do where, where does money fit in the values mm. equation? And there it's just so clearly below it that that becomes easy. And then actually talking about what your values are and laying those out and having those conversations. And I'm sure people think this is stupid, but if I felt like we needed to, I would rank order them and just say, like, here's our top value. Here's our second value, our third value, fourth. And then if something were to happen, we don't, we haven't actually done this just because the conflict has never arisen. But this is like how my mind works where it's like, I don't want the cognitive load of having to like reinvent everything every time. That's why I created the 25 bullet points of like what I had to do to my mind. It's just like, Hey, there they are. And you know that this is how you need to think and believe and act in order to move forward. So if we had needed to, I would have rank ordered the values. And then we would say here, the collision of two values, one's in position two, the other's in position eight, like that's a no brainer. <clears throat> and we've agreed on that. And so that becomes the arbiter in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I know how weird people think that sounds. And it's things like that right. that I think have allowed us to have the kind of relationship. That actually leads to my next question, which made me smile. Um, it's from, um, let's see, Maria Kablesingi. Maria um, Kablesingi. Yeah, sure. Right. Sorry, Maria. Kablesing. Kablesing. Kablesing is what Cindy Maria, said. we Thank know, you. at least that All right. much, right? Maria, Maria. yeah. What's up, Maria? Um, Hey guys, what's your method to consistently assessing the relationship, setting goals, targets, or discussing issues? Do you have like a monthly meeting? <laughs> I love that. that. That would be something we would do is have a monthly meeting. We don't, yeah. but it's, we do definitely assess. We do that for business. <clears throat> yeah, we do for sure. Um, but how do we do for relationships? Um, you want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, you're just going to say, yes, that is exactly what we do. Um, we are verbose. We talk about everything. We talk about, especially because of the T argument, which I, most people have already heard about, but the, one of the biggest fights in the beginning of our relationship that we ever got into was over a glass of a cup of tea. And very quickly, well, actually not very quickly, it took a very long time, hours and hours and hours, we finally realized this argument is not about the, the cup of tea. It's about something much deeper and let's talk about the thing that's much deeper. And that gave a shorthand um, to when we're having an argument like that where we go, okay, what this, we're talking about the tea. What's like the real underlying issue? And we've both over time really proven that we have a willingness to say what our motives are, even when they're ugly, even when they're not pure, um, when they're about insecurity, if they're about jealousy, if they're about um, whatever. I mean, any, any ugly emotion, right? We've always been really willing to say, like, I know this is petty, but this is actually what I care about. Mm -hmm. And then like, I cannot tell you how freeing that is, but it comes from when somebody is vulnerable like that, because the reason people don't want to admit something that's petty is because it's petty and you feel like an asshole. Mm -hmm. And if the other person was like, yeah, you're an asshole, then now you're screwed. So we, you're just going to put defenses up. You're not going to admit it the next time. You're going to keep arguing about the tea. 
And so we've always been very, very careful about not being judgmental, not punishing the person um, by being spiteful when somebody says, look, it's about this, it's this insecurity or this pettiness or this childish desire, I get it, but like it's real and that's really what I'm feeling. And that's always been met graciously um, on both sides. And so you end, you end up creating a safe space. And I think that's one of the things that'll end up making the list because I did tell people that we would create that whatever the equivalent of the 25 bullet points for relationships is, you have to create a safe space. And that safe space means like, like actively dropping your judgments. And when somebody presents themselves with vulnerability, that that is like fucking sacred and that you never tease, like you have to know in a moment like that, like when someone is vulnerable, it's not time for a joke, right? It's not time to tease them. It's not time to snipe at them. It is only time to receive that like a, like a sacred moment. And to- but we're always very honest with like, look, I'm super insecure about this. So because I know that you're not going to use that as a judgment or I'm not going to use that as a judgment on you or as a tool in, the, you know, like. Oh, to say sting. that. Say that. What were you going to say? You almost said the oh, word. God, I don't know. I'm not going to use it in the future against you. Yeah. And future, that is so important. Um, and so because I know you're not going to use that against me and you know that I'm not going to use that against you, we can be very honest about this is a sore topic for me. I'm very insecure about this. It's a sore topic. Like, and then to now it's on your radar and, you know, we have that understanding. And right. you, because you don't use it against me, I can say it out loud because most of us. Ha- or I think all of us have like certain insecurities about us that we we react weirdly when someone you know like presses on that insecurity now when other people don't know that it's an insecurity of yours they just think like wow she acted really crazy like what's wrong with her mm. like or why did she get so upset when x y and z happen because the truth is you may not know that that's what they're insecure about but being able to say that to each other and be honest about i'm super insecure about this please don't tease me about this or please like help me through it um, we get on that same page, so now we act like a team, and I feel right. like you're helping me with the insecurity versus just like being able to either use it against me or um, ignore it. I need to look up who did this study because this is like one of those things that's such a core part of how I think about relationships, and I long ago forgot who did it. But there was somebody who looked at relationships, and, and he could predict with a 98, I think it's 98%, accuracy who would break up within five years five or ten years and he said it all came down to the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the there were there were four things in a relationship that signified its doom and the one that stayed with me and he said is the one that if he sees it he knows that relationship is doomed it's contempt and if you have contempt for the other person you're done like there's you're just done and i see that all the time like people show contempt for each other like where they're legitimately pissed about something but like something that happened god knows how long ago ago, yeah and just has never been talked through never gotten over and so it's snowballed 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 and it's when somebody doesn't feel heard they don't feel respected they don't feel protected like emotionally protected um and then they develop contempt for the other person and that's just I, I cannot think, so first of all, I was actually thinking about this earlier today for some reason. Like, if you had that feeling and your instinct is, I want that other person to change. And 
almost certainly at some point you didn't make them feel safe. And you know me, I just blame myself for everything because it keeps me in control. So if you were showing contempt for me, I would say, okay, I have not made her feel safe. She feels like she has to take these digs at me. Like what have I done to not make her feel emotionally safe? And how can I go about rectifying that? But yeah, man, if you, you have to like address this stuff as it happens in real time. Right. And it's, that's the thing because that contempt builds up over time. And if people aren't, um, really paying attention to it. Like a lot of people just brush things under the rug because it's easier sometimes. Right. But yeah, five years later, like that becomes something that. Yeah. So into. let's talk about the fact that I never make jokes about divorce. Um, and I, I realized that very early on. I don't think I've but ever like you made a joke about you're it. You're so jokey about everything like that, that, but that's, which is why that fact that you don't make jokes about that is right. actually really powful. Like you're, you know, like, um, so I'm going to stab you in the eye. Now, of course, he's just with a coffee table. <laughs> the coffee for the record, table. Never and he has else. said that to me before. <laughs> right? They're super jokey. Um, but you never make a joke about divorce. Or oh, neither do I. But yeah, and uh, that was bright kind of lines. your rule that you. Yeah, and I just thought like, talk about eroding someone's emotional safety because you joke because there's truth in it, right? So like. Every you planning to stab me in the eye with a coffee table for sure, <laughs> Avi. Um, but you know what I mean. Like when people throw out like a specific, yeah, like little zinger, it's yeah. usually because there's some truth hiding in it, yeah. And that's where it, when you start throwing something out like divorce, and people start going. It's actually funny. Like there have been times where like the divorce joke was the funny joke to go for and it would have gotten a laugh from you. Mm. And I just thought, but God, it plants like this little seed in the back of your mm. mind that it's a consideration. But if I won't even joke about it, then you know, like I take that shit seriously. Like there is a bright line that is not an option. I will not be leading with that. I will not be going to that. That is like totally off the table for me. And so I'm going to go through every conceivable remedy um, just because like I've just put that out of my mind right. and there are a thousand other things like that, but that one's just easy to point to, to, and I think people have to be very careful and cognizant about how they construct the relationship, how they deal with each other, what they're willing to do. Um, it's like the compliment instead of criticize thing. Like if you like the criticisms are going to be there. You could have a thousand criticisms every day about how I'm doing something. I get that. Um, but if you focus instead on the things you want to compliment me for, which doesn't mean that you can't constructively say like, hey, here are some things that I really think that um, either I need help, I need you to change, I think you could do better, whatever, and you do give me that feedback, but it's, it's not like this constant dripping of like, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this, oh, that. It's What is it, the Asian water? Chinese, Chinese water torture, water. which is probably really no longer uh, <laughs> an acceptable thing to but say. But you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's the, it's the, it may be just a drip, right. but over time that that drip becomes... Yes. Torturous. Torture, indeed. So. All right. Um, and just going back to the fact that you don't joke about that, it's those tiny little things that may not seem important, like as a whole scheme of things, but it's those tiny little things that you and I do with each other that makes me trust you 100%. Like I don't fear you going off and cheating. I don't fear us getting divorced because I always think like we're going to work through if we have a problem, we're going to work through it. Um, and so I've never once checked your phone ever, mm. um, Things that I hear other women do, like I just, 
I, I never, I'm in your phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding something. But you know what I mean? Like it's... Um, but can we just stop on that for yeah. a second? Why would you want to be in a relationship where you don't trust somebody? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want... Like that's, that does not sound fun. But again, does, do you think that that happens overnight? Or do you think it's like little things like... I feel insecure it's a today. Thousand and little he, things. Yeah, it's a thousand little things. But it's also on the flip side, it's a thousand little things that makes me trust you completely. Right. Which is why those <clears throat> I don't ever look, even think about looking at your phone or following. The second I would have to worry, or I would have the thought like, um, like who's he texting? Like to me, we've done something majorly wrong in our relationship to get to that point. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I found myself wanting to check your phone, the phone is the T. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you, you've got to immediately get to, okay, what has happened that's made us feel that we can't fully trust each other? And let's just start processing through it one yeah. by one. Because, man, the phone is the T. Yeah, so true. Word. All right, next question. Next question. Um... I like this one, actually. A, um, from Ibrahim. How did you What's two up, come up with creative dates to go on when you were both broke? Or did you go out less when money was tight? Oh, man, you've got to tell him the story that triggered the proposal. The story that triggered the proposal? The Hi, I'm Tom. It's nice, <laughs> nice to meet to you. Meet you I wish we had shared history. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, the blanket? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's... What do you mean, oh, yeah? Like well, two like, seconds ago, you didn't know what I was talking about. No, but I guess like I've done... We've done that multiple times, so it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, it's a great example. Yeah, so I think when it comes to money and um, having experiences, like I don't think that there... Um, you have to have great... You have to have money to have great experiences. You don't have to. You have don't money, have right. to. Because um, if I worried about that, we never would have like dove into Quest, like all the things that I'm like, oh, who, you know, fine, yes, if it flops. You're saying that because I said we have to bet the house. Right, yes, thank you. Um, so when you came home and you're like, hey, you know, we want to start this new company, Quest, and if it fails, then we literally lose this house that we've just paid for and just bought and we feel so much pride over. Um, to me, understand, like, I can still have great experiences with you without needing a house. So what we did is like, cool, okay, well, your pay gets cut in half. Like, all these changes we had to make financially. What are the things I really enjoy doing with you? Like, what are the, like, the real roots? I just love talking to you and hanging out and experiencing, like, fun food. <clears throat> and so things like that, um, you don't need money for. So um, carpet picnics, getting you, you know, your, your favorite, like cheapest favorite takeout, but doing a carpet picnic, having the food already, having your favorite band on um, the radio, um, little things like that that make you feel so special. Me going out and spending a ton of money doesn't necessarily make you feel special, but I've thought about you. And I think, I don't know if it was that night, but like even things like um, you print out like fake certificates and you say, um, this certificate gets you 20 minutes of back rub um things like that they literally they don't cost a penny um you just to get creative like what are the things we enjoy doing together and then how do i do that for nothing so i mean and that's you know on the day that you were going to propose it's like i had um we were dirt poor and so i did a carpet picnic and picked your favorite band and made sure that their album was playing when you walked in and i had like your even your little snacks that you don't think about the mm. the random things that you forget that i have just like kind of locked in my brain and it's those little things that made you feel special and that you know 
did I think I wrote you a poem as well or something like that? Uh, you're slightly misremembering the poem. Okay. I wrote a poem on your body. Oh, you yeah. did. So, in, it, in lipstick. In lipstick, you did. So it was... This wow, is one of those yeah. like absurdly amazing. So I had bought the engagement ring and her dad kept dodging me. And because I knew that I had to ask his permission, otherwise my then girlfriend, uh, soon to be fiance, would it have a seizure. It wasn't really permission. It was more uh, blessing. Um, blessing, exactly. Yeah. And um, so I had the ring, kept trying to meet with him, kept dodging me. And then I had a really bad day at work and I come home and there's candles and a blanket laid out on the floor. And we were living with her mom at this point. So we were at the height of poverty. And blanket on the floor, candles, one of my favorite CDs playing. There was no MP3 players at this point. <laughs> yeah. And um, and like little snacks, like you said, things that like, wow, how'd you even remember that I like those? And it was, I felt so special and it just changed my brain chemistry so fast from the bad day that I'd had and we had this amazingly romantic meal and time and and then I ended up writing this poem on like literally just thinking of it there on the spot and writing it on you in lipstick um and then I said look this isn't going to make any sense right now but I have to leave this minute um and you didn't question it and I literally ran to your dad's house who thankfully lived, you know, like. And then I called my away. dad because I was like, well, he's gone, I'm kind of sitting here just waiting. Right. Um, there was nothing on TV. And I, obviously, when you just have to do random things like that, I just always assume that they're important enough to, to just right. not ask questions. Um, and so I called my dad because I hadn't spoken to him in like a day or two. And I, I called him, and my stepmom answered. And she was like, oh, Lisa, yeah, Tom's here. Her answer, though, you got to tell me. <laughs> so I was like, "Why is Tom? Tom? Why is Tom there?" And then she literally paused and she's like, "He came for watermelon <laughs> because they just knew you was loving watermelon." Right, so and that, that was, was one of the things your dad and I had bonded, bonded over. over. Yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, like what eight o'clock at night or something. It's dark out. I have ran to your dad's house. He came for watermelon. That was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's things like that making somebody feel special spending the time talking um yeah it's uh it's it really really doesn't take a lot to be honest yeah and even now like our best times and i don't want to lie like now some of those best times are in exotic locations and they're amazing and i don't take that for granted nor do i want to pretend that it's not real but it still is the connection. It's the time together. It's getting lost in conversation. It's, you know, creating that little bubble for ourselves. Um, even at a restaurant, just to like, you were like the queen of picking tables. I don't even like throw my hat in the ring, but uh, she'll find like the perfect table in the restaurant. It's like secluded enough and where we can just get in, like a little cocoon of emotion mm. and and really just enjoy each other. And just getting out of um, monotonous things that we do every day. Mm. Like, you know, like we love playing video games together. Um, you know, playing the video games in the bedroom instead of downstairs. I don't know. Like God, I little, know that sounds stupid, but it, it just does. mixes it up it just does. enough. Like when, so Saturday mornings is my like um, sacred time with my husband to have our breakfast together. So At the Saturday, table. Uh, and we have to chew at the same time. Not <laughs> synchronized chewing, which is what some people thought I was saying. But we're, not saying we're literally, we're, we are consuming the food at the yes. same time. 
But like even doing something different like that, like we'll take it sometimes outside and have it out on the balcony. Like you're doing the same act. It doesn't cost any different. Like I made breakfast and, but just changing those little things up, like getting under the blanket and cuddling together. Um, Oh, we actually build like blanket forts and stuff. Yes, we do. So we, uh, I'm telling you, the things that money does are not the things you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So money does not make romantic time. It, it creates yeah. amazing experiences, creates amazing experiences in which you can have a romantic time. But it really is, if you can't connect, like for instance, the dinner that you were talking about on the beach, which was very expensive, was amazing. Money made that happen. Mm-hmm. But if that had been with virtually any other human being in the world, it just wouldn't have been enjoyable full stop. And with any human being other than you, it would not have been what it was. That was relation. That was, you know, 14 years, I think at the time of marriage coming to bear on a situation of just you being my favorite human being in the world. We knowing how to rapidly get into like amazing conversations. Um, And in fact, do yourself a favor Go into a romantic evening with a list of questions, yeah, we which did I do. That. This. That's, that's amazing. I love that. So I'll roll up with like 25 questions that I want to ask. Some of them are like, would you rathers? Um, some of them are just like, hey, we haven't talked about this in a while, and I'm curious to see how your thoughts have changed. Like that kind of thing, showing that you put the time in to really think about and want to know. And again, even with your spouse, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Ask questions. Like, find this stuff out. Like, it's, it's amazing when somebody wants to ask you something. Yeah, I was going to say, that was amazing when we went on our anniversary last year. And literally, he'd written out, like, maybe 30, 40 questions. Oh, before we even before left we even for the holiday, left, yeah. I had at least that many. And yeah. then kept writing them while we were there. Yeah. And it just, it becomes a conversation starter. Because the one thing we hate is, like, yeah, isn't the weather great? And then, like, right. you don't have anything to talk about. But just by asking a question like, hey, would you rather? Like, it just starts something off into a direction where neither of us are even expecting it to go. Or, like, even after all these years, like, it's important that we feel fresh. Right. And so just phrasing something in a different way gives us, like, an insight into the other person with their answer. So we're still continuously learning each other's, um, like, ideas and the way they think and... You know, so, yeah, that's a great one. List of questions, would you rather? Word. All right, I think we're near the end. Do we have yeah, time for one more, are. or is that it? No, that's it. Ooh, I got telling. the finger wag. Damn. <laughs> All right. She's like, Don't mess with Cindy. <laughs> All right, so, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is always, always, always a lot of fun. We really appreciate you coming and asking your questions, and it's really forcing us to go even deeper and um, concretize all of the things in our relationship. And I love that. It's so much fun to see how you're going to answer a question. And um, I love the nuances that are contained in everybody's individualized questions. And every day, like when we do this, like we have a conversation after we stop Mm. rolling um, about like an answer that you had given or an answer that I had given. It's like, yeah, I didn't expect that coming. Like see that coming. Like Like, airs and graces. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be so paranoid now to use that word. Damn you, Bill, you. Damn you. But yeah, so that's, that's something that even this has given us another dynamic in our relationship to then really kind of explore, bond over. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been super fun. And Definitely. All right. It's a weekly show, so if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye.
Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.